0: Listening to The Catalyst with Samantha Chris, where we explore the inner workings of embracing the unknown. From ordinary daily habits to extraordinary measures. Get ready, we're about to ignite change and inspire action. With me today is Letitia Johnson. Letitia is a licensed financial coach, author, speaker, and philanthropist. She is also the creator of the Wealth and Wellness Network, a money and business app for professional women. Through this brand, she's leading the charge of changing communities through financial literacy. She formerly worked with CNN News and CBS Corporation and has won numerous awards. She currently lives in Philadelphia, but often travels to Ghana in West Africa, to further her mission of her organization as the co founder of the Less Privileged Ghana Foundation. Letitia, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Samantha, for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: I am glad to have you. As you know, we are all about change at the Catalyst, and I always ask my guests in advance what change means to them. And you view change as a personal decision made internally that impacts people externally. And I Love that. Can you dig into that a little deeper?
1: Sure, and thank you. As an example, I have had so many wonderful opportunities in my life and different experiences. And when I really decided to make impact and decided to be a better me, that's when I was able to impact others. I love that, and I'm not at
0: all surprised that you know knowing you, and having traveled with you and closely watching your philanthropy work, that you're looking at this through a positive lens. And I totally appreciate that. But I think the same can be said about you know the other end of the spectrum in that whatever personal decisions you make, if it is not to better yourself, then it equally has a negative impact on others externally.
1: It's it, that is so true you know just think about it it's it's almost like how they say uh watch the company you keep or you are the sum of the five people that you associate with right that external you know if you have if you're internally um uh, a quote unquote bad person or you don't make the best of decisions then it's going to impact the people around you just as those that are around you are going to impact you so it 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 is vice versa that's why i personally made a decision to be better um and you know in so many ways from personally to my career financially physically spiritually i decided to just strive to be better because i am a philanthropist and i i really believe in giving back and helping people that's my idea of being blessed and abundant is when i'm able to not just do well for myself, but able to give back to others.
0: Mm. And one of the ways in which you are giving back to others is as a money coach, you help people change their mindset to attract abundance and generate wealth. Do you typically see a disconnect between people's belief systems and their potential earnings?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because most people don't. Correlate the two and your mindset is is a direct reflection of where you are and Financially and when I say where you are financially not necessarily the dollar amount or the money amount, It's where you are as far as your ability to attract more to you So let me let me explain that in more detail um, You might have heard of the book the secret by Rhonda burns and in that it talks about the uh, law of attraction, right? We might've heard that a million and one times, the law of attraction and abundant thinking. And that's just the start. But when you when you apply the law of attraction and you really start to think better. So I'll give you a personal example. When I was growing up, um, I, I came from first a, a, a lower, I guess you would consider it now a lower middle class, but we basically were on government assistance and, you know, we quote unquote was poor, so to speak. And my idea of money was that it was so difficult to get. Mm -hmm. You had to work hard for the money. Those were terms that I heard work hard for the money. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, um, my grandfather used to call me and my sister Big and Benny, <laughs> number one <laughs> and number two. And I know that sounds harsh, but there's a reason for it is because, you know, we would get so excited when he came home uh, after work and we would literally have our hands out asking for coins or a dollar so we could go to the corner store what we call the corner store. And the corner store is where they had the 50 cent hugs and the, 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 the 25 cent bags of chips, right? So we're kids. That's all we cared about was right. for snacks. But growing up, I heard those terminologies of no and struggle and hard. So my idea of money or income flow was that you literally had to work to the bone. So growing up uh, in my outer lessons, I had two, three jobs going into my early 20s, multiple uh, jobs. And I'm not talking about multiple streams of income, no, multiple jobs. And I didn't necessarily need to work two to three jobs because after over time, my family started to move more into that comfortable middle class. But I had this idea. It was just a habit. And I would make money and spend money Hmm. and then got into debt and it was like this, it basically was a trend, you know, in my family and it became the norm. And that's because of what my belief system was at the time. And it literally took me to take a mind shift to actually identify what, what I called the money story was of my childhood. And once I identified that, I was able to reprogram my mind.
0: Let's roll back the clock a little bit. So at this stage, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were probably working, well, perhaps after the, the two or three jobs, you start working at CNN News, you're living in New York, you're living the dream, and still at that point felt like you had nothing to show for it. How did you go from living paycheck to paycheck, being in debt, spending perhaps more than you had, to a place financial clarity you say it was a mindset shift but what triggered that shift
1: yes and and i'm so glad that you brought up my time when i was in new york that's actually when the shift really sunk in and it began to happen for me because you know you don't know what you don't know right if something's the norm it's a habit and when i went to new york you know i i i had the opportunity when i was a child to travel different places but I went to New York and, and, and going and going to college, I had this dream to literally work in the news field and to have my first my first big job opportunity be with such a large network was was such an achievement. So I went there and I just knew I was gonna live the dream and just have this fabulous lifestyle. And I did have a fabulous out lifestyle on the outside looking in. You know, I was meeting celebrities. I was going to events and I was making pretty good money for someone fresh out of college. But I was also living in the Big Apple. And there was some realities, you know, the cost of living was a lot higher. And it was my first time really being on my own, uh, away from my family. You know, I've lived on my own, but I was now in a different state. So I was, I was, It was my time for me to be an adult and I made good money. I had perks, but then I didn't really know how to save. I didn't really know about investing. Mm -hmm. I really didn't understand wealth building or financial freedom. Those words were foreign to me. So when I started to be around celebrities and people of influence and uh, those that were wealthy, I'm hearing these terminologies and I'm like, that's not what I identify with. That's not my understanding of money. I thought you just work hard for the money to Mm -hmm. basically work to live and live to work. That was my understanding of it. And that's really when it sunk in for me. And I started to do the work. I started to actually work on what it was to have a wealthy mindset. So I started reading books. I started to invest in myself being around others who had a sense of financial security and abundance and that's where it all began for me
0: oof i love that i get goosebumps when i hear these stories when i hear that moment of transformation and you can just see the ripple effects that it's had in the rest of your life i mean there's so much more to go but even where you're at right now you are living one of your other dreams of starting a nonprofit in Ghana? I mean, how did this shift and educating yourself and really becoming financially literate help you to achieve this goal?
1: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for asking this question. It really is because of that mind shift. Uh, Because I had this idea of giving back and I didn't know how to do it. And when I say giving back, it doesn't have to be on a large scale, but My idea of it was I really want to be able to impact communities in some way And as I started to learn more about financial literacy and and how uh, Abundant living is really about and and when I would travel to areas in which those those individuals they were happy, but they didn't have much it really, it really took a hold of me. It really struck a chord for me. And I was like, there has to be a way that I can do this. I know I can, but does it really have to be 20, 30, 40 years down the road? And I had this wonderful opportunity to get a mentor at the time that I was moving up in my career. And she said to me, I remember it vividly. She said to me, why not now? And we were having a discussion about what I wanted to be when I grow up, so to speak, and what I wanted to achieve and do. And I was telling her all these big ideas, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. And she was like, why not now? Why do you have to wait? Why is this a 20, 30-year plan? Like, what? why? And she shifted my brain <laughs> again. And at the time, I was really doing so much soul searching and digging more deeply into mindset and abundance and, and getting rid of my old ways of thinking. And that put me on the path to knowing that I could do it. And then from there, I just started to put in the action and that's the other side. You know, a lot of times we have the ideas, most people, the first, the first uh, challenge is belief. So at that point I had a belief system, but the second part, which is everything is the action. Mm -hmm. So once I had that belief system, And I realized that, you know what, I don't have to wait all these years down the pike. I can start small and make it a reality. And I put a plan together. I started uh, pronouncing what I wanted to do in front of people that I know that was already on the ground here in Ghana. And (laughs) I'm telling you, I know I don't want to say, I know law of attraction sounds like woo-woo, but I... (laughs) A lot of people think it's woo-woo, and I get it, because it really is so, it can be conflicting from how we're conditioned. But I'm telling you, once I started, I had the plan, I had the idea, the belief, right? Then I came up with um, an ideal plan. And, you know, I'm not trying to put any of my religious beliefs on anyone, but God kind of showed me what path to take. And literally, the people who could be on the ground and do the things started to show up in my life. Mm. It's amazing and it's not woo-woo, it's not magic, it really started with just the belief and then putting some action behind it and things started to line up and I I cannot make this up.
0: (laughs) What I love so much about your story, selfishly, is that I got to see some of this in action. And it's easy to hear people saying, read the books, listen to the podcast, do the work, and it'll happen. But I was by your side in Ghana when you had nothing more than an idea and the passion to bring this to life. And for anyone listening in thinking, "You know, oh, she's lucky, oh, things lined up, or that's her and it's not me, the reality is we were in Ghana together and there was no foundation laid at that time and everything that is mentioned all the work of the bricks that have been laid the abundant thinking the taking action this is all within the last what is it 3 4 years
1: yes absolutely and and let me just give let me just lay out kind of the the path of how it happened right if i may um, please again i had this idea and when myself and and uh, samantha was on that trip we actually came in, in contact with a gentleman who was into philanthropy and was already doing things. In fact, he helped us while we were on our trip. And I identified with him and I told him what it was that I wanted to do. And I liked how his team put things together. So we started on the path of getting, the, the regular, getting all of the certifications together to do the work. And this is what I mean by how, you know, I again, I'm not putting my religious beliefs on anyone, but this is how God had shifted. I had a plan, but he shifted me onto the right path. So I started that process. And then believe it or not, as I started traveling back and forth into Ghana, I started meeting other people. And now the founder of my organization actually found me. And found out about what it was my interest in Ghana and what I was looking to do. So we came together, partnered, and we built Less Privileged Ghana Foundation and started building it up together. And it's just so interesting that it just started with just an idea. And literally less than three years now, less privileged Ghana foundation has been in existence for five years now. But I came on board as the co founder. And in three years, we've been able to do some amazing work together.
0: Oh, I love that. And it starts with, or at least in your case, with a mindset shift with thinking abundantly with being open to possibility. And I want to, look at what the biggest misconception when it comes to money is. What are some of the biggest money blocks in the clients that you work with?
1: Yes. Um, so there's several, <laughs> but let's start, uh, on a more internal, personal level. Most people don't feel like they deserve more. Mm-hmm. Right. And that goes for anything. You know, whether it's in relationships, I don't deserve someone to love me. Or money, I don't deserve to have more because of X or that, Um, with anything. And then sometimes our idea of how we look at those who have. So for example, um, there was a a saying that I used to hear growing up was uh, rich people are greedy. And, and money is evil and it's not money's evil because actually we use money for trade and exchange it's the love of money that could be evil <laughs> you know that can that can maybe turn someone's heart so it's just the, it's just shifting the thing you know um, some other misconceptions if we get more into the mechanics of wealth is that you have to inherit money mm-hmm. in order to be wealthy that's a misconception um some say that uh you have to get you need need money to make money there's you do when it comes to investing right you need something to invest but you don't need money to make money um some people believe you have to save your wealth save yourself to riches and you can't really save your yourself to riches what you can do is make smart money decisions um some people also think that uh that um, when it comes to investing, that I can't, I need 10,000 plus, uh, and I'm, I'm saying within U.S. dollars, um, so $10,000 plus to really get started, and that's a misconception because you can start with as little as whatever you have, and if you put it in the right vehicles, then your money can grow. So there's just so many things that we've learned or was taught and I don't mean this in the wrong way, but a lot of the things that we've learned and were taught were from people who were either, quote unquote, broke, either broke in, or they had no concept of what wealthy living was like. So when you get information from a source that is not, that is basically inaccurate, you're going to grow to do things that are unhealthy for you. And that's in any area of life.
0: Mm, That's powerful. One of the things that has stuck with me, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Sonia, but I've I've had the privilege of speaking with her at an event. And she's really big on financial literacy as well. One of the things she said is, if you did not come from a wealthy family, make sure a wealthy family comes from you. And that was one of the light bulb moments on my mm. financial journey.
1: I love that. And that's one of the things that moves me, if I may. Um, that's one of the things that moved me is legacy mm-hmm. because I want to be the person who not only lives well for herself, but I set up a path for my entire family and for those beyond, be, behind me. I want to be able to make a pathway for them.
0: Beautiful. So for the, the people who resonate with those money blockers who are thinking, "Oh, that's me. I've got a scarcity mindset. I have limiting beliefs when it comes to money. I don't feel particularly worthy." What is one thing we can do today to move through it?
1: Yes, thank you for asking me that question. Is first things first is identifying what those money limitations are those limiting beliefs are i call it your money story and i can't coin that phrase uh i actually uh got that from john assaraf he he was in the secret as well and he does a lot about the scientific belief system behind why we spend the way we spend in money habits and uh first identifying it just like with it just you know i i don't mean this disrespectfully but it's just like any type of recovering program. First, you got to identify there's a problem, right? So Mm -hmm. the first thing, the first things first is to identify your money story. What was it or what are some of the things that you heard usually in your growing up as a child that helps shape the ideas that you have now? So again, for me, working hard for the money, money doesn't grow on trees and identify those things and not just, Oh, that's what I heard, but actually write them down and then cross those words out and start to write affirmations. And, and when I say that, I don't mean affirmations as you know, it, you know, just repeating what you've heard from other people, but write affirmations that coincide with what your money story once was. So for example, i have to work hard for the money right so now i wrote that down i crossed that out and on the other side i wrote money flows to me easily hmm. something as simple as that and believe it or not when i started writing that down and then starting affirming it aloud i cannot i cannot tell you how many times beginning to build wealth became fun it became simpler for me, you know, instead of me having to work three and four jobs at a time, Mm -hmm. you know, I was able to make multiple streams of income. And as I'm building those multiple streams of income, it's not hard, it's so simple. And it's because I've been able to identify, number one, identify my limiting beliefs, letting those go and writing down Restructuring and rewriting my money story and then affirming it. So it's like a four step process, but it is simple.
0: I mean, the things that will change your life often are. It's about doing them. And one of the hidden lessons, almost a play on words, is that when you said you restructured those limiting beliefs to be beliefs of abundance and you said them aloud, I know you meant, you know, you spoke them into existence out loud, but you almost allowed yourself for that to happen. You know, by speaking it, you are paving the way you are giving permission to yourself to earn, to make, to do more than you're doing today.
1: Yes. And I, and I want to be clear that it didn't happen overnight because I know the way I may, it it may come across as that it's simple. It is, but It didn't happen in two, three days. I Mm -hmm. had to practice. Even now, I still write down my goals. I still say my affirmations. I still affirm them aloudly, and it 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 really sets me up for my day, and it keeps me on track. It really does.
0: But one of the things you mentioned a couple times was multiple streams of income. Is that something that you find important in growing your wealth and growing one's wealth?
1: i stand by multiple streams of income wholeheartedly it's a necessity and especially now in these times where you know we have a new normal now i think people are really waking up to the idea not even idea because it's not just a concept it's a way of life and if you had just that one source of income which most people only do where it comes from a job you realize you can't necessarily just depend on one thing. And if you look at uh, the average millionaire and it's not about making millions or anything because everyone has their idea of abundance, but let's just, we're talking about money here. So if you look at the average millionaire, they have at least seven streams of income. Let me say that again. The average millionaire has at least seven streams of income. So, what happens is and let's look at it on a business a business uh in the business light so let's say you have one business right or you have one job right and something happens anything let's take COVID 19 as an example what happens to your income you go to zero from one to zero but if you have multiple streams let's say you have three Let's say you have four and you have one stream that swallows up or it goes down because of whatever is going on, let's say in the market or the climate or whatever. You still have other streams to help secure you at the time. And one other thing I want to point out, too, because I know the idea for those who, who don't practice it or don't have a multiple streams set up seems like a lot multiple streams doesn't mean that you're going to let's say you have three streams it doesn't mean you're going to have three nine to fives it doesn't mean that you're going to be working 24 7 you know for you know tens 10 plus years it doesn't mean that there's something called outsourcing there's something called delegating there's something called passive income that's basically where you make money when you you're not even there um, and you can do passive income through real estate, royalty deals, um, whether it's through a, a book or a commercial. Um, you can also do it uh, by having an online uh, store or, or, you know, having other people that you employ to help or partner with. So there's so many ways that you can have multiple streams of income. And that's the only way. And I stand by that. I know most people would say, are you sure? Yes, I am sure. Why? Because it's been proven to work. And I am a product of it. So multiple streams is the only way to have the stability. Because again, if anything happens, then you have other revenue, streams of revenue coming in. And that's how you create security. And it doesn't mean that you have to work all streams. You just set it up over time and build those streams, multiple streams of income. I hope that makes sense.
0: It does. Yeah. Thank you for the extra clarity. Where can people find you to learn more about your work and becoming more financially literate?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you can go to my website at letitiajohnson.com and you can find out more about uh, my events, things that I'm doing. You can find out more about my uh, NGO, which is Less Privileged Ghana Foundation. And more importantly, for any women out there, who professional women who are looking to get more information, more help, more, uh, more advice and support, for money and business, you can go to dot wealthandwellnessnetwork.com and learn more about how you can get a free membership to my money and business app and, and be able to become financially, more financially independent.
0: Amazing. Leticia, thank you so much for being with me today all the way from Ghana. It has been a pleasure having you on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Samantha. It was great. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to
0: another episode of The Catalyst with Samantha Chris. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you're feeling a little more equipped to lean into the unknown and take inspired action.